This is the podcast by The Straits Times. It is Double Feature Movie Podcast Time. I'm your host, Jonathan Roberts, and I'm joined this week by Charles Savan and Joanne So. Hello. Hello. How wonderful. <laughs> That we're all here to talk about all the wonderful things in the world of movies. All right, this week we'll be reviewing Little Women. We shall be discussing the Oscars because the nominations came out. And we'll have a little moment at the end to describe Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> Let's get on with things. Little Women. It's directed by Greta Gerwig. It's her third film. And it stars her usual talisman, Saoirse Ronan, along with people like Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, Eliza Scanlon, Laura Dern, Timothy Chalamet, the devil himself... And Bob Odenkirk and Chris Cooper, to name a few. It is the eighth version of Little Women to hit the screens. The eighth version. And has absolutely no right to work or be new or have anything new to say about it. I don't think there's anything being adapted so much. What did you think, Joanna? I was really, really looking forward to this even before it came out. And I was very, very entertained by it. It's very different. Greta Gerwig did it by a non-linear way, starting with them from adults and not following like the chapter by chapter in the books. Yes, non-chronological this time. Quite plodding along. Mm. So, and she knows what she she can get out from Sasha Renanen and that's brilliant. It's just leave her to do what she's good at and the movie just, you know, goes along and, you know, it's just carried by Renanen so beautifully. Slightly guarded praise there, I think. So Anne, what did you think? I mean, you know, I was super excited for it too. And I was actually quite amazed that despite my super high expectations, it, it didn't let me down at all. Like I actually really almost enjoyed it more than I even thought I would. It was so beautifully shot. The actors had great chemistry. I mean, Sasha Ronan and Tim- Timothy Chalamet together is always going to be fireworks on the screen. But then all the sisters, like the chemistry was so good. You actually felt, you bought that they were family. Yep. The whole thing was just, the cinematography was beautiful. The music was good. Like, I don't know. Like, I can't complain about really yeah. anything, which yeah. is shocking. It touches you at the right moment. It's like I was just talking to Suen earlier that, you know, I felt myself crying and I don't even know why I was crying. <laughs> <laughs> it's like nothing happens, but I'm crying. My eyes are sweating. Help. Well, I mean, being a big manly man that I am, why would I bother about little women? But it's always wonderful to fall in love with the film. And I've, uh, to be honest, I've only got a vague memory of the last one, which was the Winona Ryder thing. Yep. Don't particularly remember much of it. Didn't particularly strike me. Mm. This is just wonderful from start to finish. Mm. Like you say, Joanne, it's it's Saoirse Ronan getting an umpteenth Oscar nomination again. She's the new Meryl. Meryl's in this, of course. Meryl's <laughs> in this. How could I forget? <laughs> um yeah, it's it it's perfection, yeah. really. And I've I mean the the music as well. Everyone is on the A game for this. I, I know someone you were saying earlier, Florence Pugh didn't quite do it for you, but I she thought wasn't, she wasn't really acting. I felt she she didn't act really as much. because her transformation from the very impetuous, that's true, very self obsessed, very teen Amy. Good God, I know all the names already. <laughs> teen Amy. I don't buy either. Sorry. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, for for me, because um, coming from the book point, mm. book's point of view, Amy is such an annoying character. Yeah. And Florence Pugh, okay, she did her job pretty well, but I think she has, unfortunately, she has a face to go with the character. 
So I just I just felt that it's just natural for her to be such a spoiled brat and so narcissistic. <laughs> and it's just very natural. It's the same thing as how Emma Watson's character came out very natural for Emma Watson. It's like pretty flower uh, flower vase, not much. I mean, of course, being the, the big sister, but she she doesn't seem to have to do much to be in that role. Hmm. That's true. As compared to um, Eliza, who plays Beth, she brought so much to Beth, who is always seen as the weakling sisters, always sick and you know, sickly and stuff. But she brought a lot of depth to the character. Hmm. So like that's why I, say, I, I agree with what um, Suena is saying. Like Florence, just it's just it just felt like her. It felt like there wasn't development in the acting and the character. You know, wow. she was kind of yeah, she was being Florence. Well, I think you're both wrong. <laughs> But we all know JB's a huge Pew fan. That's so it, it, This has been the, the, the year of Pew. I mean, for you. Earlier on in the year, she was in um, Fighting With My Family, which is a Stephen Merchant wrestling thing. And I never thought, I mean, she was okay in it, but I never thought by, it was then Midsummer. It was Midsummer that changed And that you. phone call in Midsummer, everyone needs to see that phone call in Midsummer just for the sheer acting of it. And then suddenly just kaboom. I'm it's waiting for, for her to see. Um, well, I'm waiting for her to be in Black Widow. So maybe my I'll, I'll change my mind against her. I'm not going to so. expect too much from that because I'm. But it, it's the it's the Florence Pugh thing. So if she can convince me that she's an she's a great actress, so I'll I'll be able to see a difference between in this one in Little Women and in Black Widow. Midsummer. I'm not the watching. first 10 minutes of Midsummer. <laughs> you don't have to watch the whole thing. Just watch her in the first 10 minutes of Midsummer. It's non-gore. It will convince you. Okay. Anyway, we'll see. Yes, but I mean, there's so much more to say about this. Alexander Desplat, uh, best oh. music I've heard from him. He's done the Harry Potter things oh. before and various other things, but I've never been so enchanted <laughs> by the music. It's, Greta Gerwig brings the music very high in the mix quite often. And it it's enchanted. And it's, it's wonderful that a film that has been done so often has a modern energy to it. You don't mm. get this feel of... I mean, when they're dancing, you get... It feels more realistic as mm. to what it would be, not this kind of prim and proper yep. concentric Watches. circles. <laughs> yes, that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, th there's real energy to it, and it's not just, oh, well, let's have Joe running down the street uh, and we'll stick a Shawn Mendes track over it <laughs> to make it seem a bit more modern. I thought it Wow. But I think this one is... It's a testimony of how great the chemistry they all have with each mm. other. Mm. You no, know, you really believe that they are such a close-knitted group of people. Even when with Meryl Streep and her throwing her sarcasm and everything around, but you, you feel that there's affection. She has that affection yes. for the family. So it, it's, I think that's just really credit to Greta to be able to bring all this together. I mean, she can easily just let all of them who are, I mean, in, I mean, Loredan is fantastic, Ronan is fantastic, um, Charlemagne is great too. They can just do their own thing, but the somehow... The devil himself. No. He was, no, I mean, obviously not <laughs> Timothy Charlemagne, but all the way through the film, I I felt I cannot trust this man at all. <laughs> really? He's, yeah. No, I, don't, I, didn't get, I didn't get that vibe from from him, but maybe because I know what, I mean, the character Laurie is, because, you know, I mean, from mm. the books and all, so I kind of know like what he's going to do. But I felt, I, I totally understand why a lot of females are crazy about Timothy Chalamet. Oh, exactly. No. This, this, is the one that this movie convinced yeah. me. Like, I get it now. You know, he's just born to play Laurie. He's like that slacker, rich mm. guy. I know I'm so rich. I know I'm so good looking. It's like everybody is like fawning over me. I know that. It's like He's got the effortless playboy yeah. kind of feel. Yeah, that's right. Well, moving on. I think we can safely say that it's it 
the most essential film to watch at the moment. Yes, so, for sure. Sure, Jojo Rabbit's still out. I think nineteen seventeen. Yeah, okay, it's, it's worth a, worth watching. Yeah, we're gonna watch that. But <laughs> Little Women is, yeah, yeah Greta so done it again. close to perfection. It's ridiculous. Okay, which brings us on to the next subject: the Oscars. Somehow, Greta Gerwig is not nominated for Best Director for the Oscars. Neither was she in all the other um the other big yeah. award shows. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. That I don't you, get it. Especially when, and I'll just go into another small rant. Joker gets eleven nominations, and it does not deserve to be there at all. People love the Joker. I it it's done something to people for some. I, I find the reason, especially with Best Director being all men, it says to me that the Academy is only looking for directors who have bigger, flashier moments. Mm. So Sam Mendes, obviously, because it's you know all designed to be a one-shot. Quentin Tarantino, obviously, some very beautiful moments in there. I mean, just the, where the neon lights come on, just before the start of the third act in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Beautiful. And Parasite, of course, is getting a huge amount of it. If you haven't seen uh, the analysis of the peach scene from Parasite, it's on YouTube. I suggest you watch the whole film first, but and again, it's it's a stylish, very kind of iconic moments. Whereas perhaps uh, the likes of Greta Gerwig and uh, Lorraine Scafaria don't get as much mm. recognition mm. because they just craft perfect films <laughs> as a whole, <laughs> rather than just <laughs> moments of flash, such as you know, old Joker with his staircase scene. You know, which is another reason why he should not get Best Director because, ugh, trying not to swear. <laughs> the rage. If the best version of the staircase scene is actually in the trailer and not the film, it doesn't. You don't deserve to get Best Director. Yeah. Yes. That's true. <clears throat> I, I thought the cinematography was much better for Joker than. I mean, that, that, that is what actually. Oh yes, no, c- And the whole entire the, yeah. the the film being put together. So yeah. I think no, there's definitely craft mm. there, but again, it's if if it's it's like a stalker's love letter to Martin Scorsese. Say, Martin, look, I've dressed like you. I've got all these moments that you've done, Martin. Martin, recognize me. <laughs> Notice me, Martin. Whereas, again, I'll bring it up. Uh, Hustlers, Lorenz Scafaria has crafted some scenes that have resonance to Martin Scorsese, namely Goodfellas and things like that, but it's not done so um, fanboyishly. Mm, it actually yeah. serves the actual scene rather than just, hey, do you remember that scene from Taxi Driver? I've put it in here. Hey, you remember that, that actor that was in Taxi Driver? I've cast him in this. and it, The same actor from <laughs> King of Comedy. I've put him in this film as well in a scene that resonates with King of Comedy. Did you see what I've done, Martin? Look at me, Martin! Someone's getting a bit... It just blows know, my man. mind. So, anyway, let's get on to a very quick rundown of who we... Who ideally would like to see win in a few of the main categories? Can so, I just point out first, where's Aquafina? Okay, moving swiftly on. No, exactly. Yeah. There are so many where? things that I get lost in these things, and I think part of it is there's always that theory that some films will get nominated without being watched because they seem more worthy mm. than others. At the same time, I think there's generally they don't watch all the films and they don't notice something so they don't know that that, that good anyway let's start off with a big one who do we want to win 
Best Picture. So we've got Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Who do you want to win? Joanne? Jojo Rabbit. That's the correct answer. <laughs> wow. <Ding>. So, Anne? <laughs> Between Parasite and Little Women for me, I think. To be honest, obviously, I'm in the anyone but Joker category. <laughs> obviously, I'd love Jojo Rabbit to win. I think it, it deserves to. And it, I believe it has potential mm. because the Academy seems to like Second World War movies. <laughs> but they also love films about themselves. Yep. That's true. And I believe it's going to be Once Upon a Time Mm. in Hollywood. See, but like what you think is going to win and what you want to win are very different things. Oh, yeah. no, (laughs) But I don't particularly want Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to win. Yeah, exactly. But I think it will. Yeah, yeah. It's just the the way they go. It's like I really want Little Women to win, but I know it won't. (laughs) Okay. Actor in a leading role. Antti Banderas for Pain and Glory. Have not seen it, I have to confess. Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time. Adam Driver for Marriage Story. Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. Adam Driver. I want Adam Driver too, but okay, what are the chances? Yeah, Adam Driver. It's <laughs> Unanimous around this table. Yeah. If he's only not going to win. If yeah, only he won't. He's so old. It's not even, like, it's not even a possibility. <laughs> yeah. It's laughable. Like, right at the bottom. We, we all know it's fucking Phoenix, but <laughs> I think as we've discussed before, Joanne, it's an impressive performance, but it is so tied to Oscar bait. Yeah, it is. It's mm. always lost weight. It's contorted. It's yeah. done all this stuff. It's... it's, it's a, a kind of film that Oscar would like, you know, a actor like transforming themselves into yeah. some somebody you don't recognize and going through all the pain and bringing out all those. Uh, yeah, it's Oscar bait. So. Yeah. Actress in a leading role, we have Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, Saoirse Ronan for Little Women, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger for Judy. I'm quite tight on this. I want Scarjo to win, and I also want. Sure, sure, the win. Sure, sure. <laughs> I'm actually, uh, I'm actually in total agreement with you on this. But, but we think win. Renee is going to win. So, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. It, I don't know how politically active the, the academy. You get the feeling it could be Shelley Theron because they want to show that kind of. Oh, the Me Too thing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Also, Judy. I mean, Hollywood royalty. Mm-hmm. It's true. But could I feel like Scarjo was probably the best actress. Like if you're just talking just acting in this mm. list in Marriage Story I think she was like the one who really yeah. actor in supporting role Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes Al Pacino for The Irishman Joe Pesci for The Irishman and Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time I've not watched um, Tom Hanks I've not watched The Two Popes either so I think I'll go with Brad Pitt okay I don't really have a take on this one either well I'm all the way. I've said it from the very moment I saw the film. Irish. Joe Pesci. Oh. He's just astounding in it. Really, it, the, compared to the usual Joe Pesci roles, which is very shouty and hot-headed and everything, the gentleness he brings to this, the sinister gentleness, and especially when he's playing the old, much older version of himself later. Just beautiful stuff. So hopefully, Joe Pesci. <laughs> And supporting actress. Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell, Laura Dern for Marriage Stories, Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh for Little Women, and Margot Robbie for Bombshell. Hmm. This is okay. I'll go for Scarjo. I like I like her in these two movies, so. Probably say Laura Dern. 
Yeah, she's good too. She's really good. I think she's been I, so consistent. I, Laura Dern, because yeah. concerning the amount of screen time that yep. she has in that and the impact that she has. Yeah. I think she's winning all the other awards, awards too. So. And she can play any role. It's incredible. <laughs> no, but what I love about this, like um, some of the categories here, it's like, you know, you have Laura Dern and Scarjo, they're playing two big, different, very, very mm. varied roles in two huge movies. So. Yeah. It shows their caliber. So. Yes, yeah, much more than the male actors. Mm. Mm. The male actors are kind of like doing that thing they do more than anything. <laughs> um, okay, animated feature, a mixed one for this one. We have uh, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, I Lost My Body, a Netflix film, Klaus, also on Netflix, The Missing Link, which was the Golden Globe surprise winner, and Toy Story Four. Oh no, Frozen. No Frozen Two. I haven't seen Sorry. it. So. I'm so, uh, to be honest, I'm kind of surprised Toy Story 4 is on there as well because I don't think it did anything particularly special. Yeah, although I'm I'm a Pixar fan, so I'm going for Toy Story 4. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I'd go with Missing Link. Although I would urge anyone, if you haven't seen it yet, do try I Lost My Body. It's a very unique film. It is the most unique film on that list because mm. it's about a hand going around Paris and trying to find the rest of its body. That sounds really cool, actually. <laughs> actually. I mean, it's on Netflix, so essentially it's free to watch anytime you want. Yep. Do check it out. Uh, and then we'll just wrap up with cinematography, uh, which is The Irishman, Joker, Lighthouse, 1917, and Once Upon a Time. I think 1917, although I've not seen it. Uh, I was about to say the same thing see, but then I was like, mm. this is how those nominations come up in the Oscars this is why films that are like how did that get there because people have it. well I've not seen it but I think it should be I've that I've seen a lot of featurettes <laughs> it's true I'll give it to Little Women even though it's not on the list <laughs> sorry actually yeah, that, yeah. Uh, another of the surprising uh, missing Missing entries. It was because that film was shot yeah. so well. But it's it's Roger Deakins because Roger Deakins is a magician, and the scenes at night in the town, when everything is just lit by one descending flare, are just stupendous. Anything else that sticks out? Prime film. I really think that um, Parasite will win, and I think it should. Oh, because it has to. Oh, it right? needs yeah. to. Yeah. It I mean, it, it, I think it's doing so well for. I mean, it says a lot also for like, Asian films. Mm. Mm. You know, it has gone. He has really travelled to see how one little film about a, a society or a culture or a subculture has really, you know, reached out to so many people. And I really, you know, it's like for them to be able to want to turn into a series, which I hope they don't kill it. But I yeah, but it's amazing that how he has, he has legs to go on so far. Yeah. And it really shook things up. Like people mm. were talking about Parasite for weeks. And I can't remember the last time if ever an Asian film did that. Mm. Oh, I don't think we've... Co we haven't covered director then. So, out of the nominations, which is Dismal. Martin Scorsese, Todd Phillips, 1917 for Sam Mendes, Quentin Tarantino and Parasite, who do you think should win director? Who I want to win. Who I want to win is not on the list. So. Yeah, same. Hmm. Greta, by the way, in case you haven't <laughs> already figured it out. <laughs> I'm not sure, actually. I'm quite tight on this, so... Yeah, I'm, I've, I think Irishman is an amazing, well, considering it's running time, mm. to keep it all together for that is quite astounding. I think 
Yeah, same with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. To, there's a boldness in direction there to say, actually, we're just going to watch Brad Pitt drive around for a while, and it's still going to be fascinating. I think that's quite a bold direction. Parasite, of course, because of mm. the construction, the symmetry, everything else going on, it, it, it is... Everything came together perfectly, mm. I think. Yeah, I think so. Joker's a... <laughs> and <laughs> Sam Mendes, I, I don't know, the, the one-shot thing, again, I think he may well get director. Yeah, personally, I would like Bon Wong to win, but if I have to think Hollywood, you'll either be Scorsese or Quentin. I don't know. The Oscars have been quite favourable to foreign directors. Mm. So I, mean, I, I can, think, yeah. you know, get the Asian directors in, it'd be I fantastic. Hope so. I feel yeah. like in general it's a bit of an uninspiring list, but sure. Yeah, Taika Waititi should be. Yes, he should be nominated too. The, yeah. Exactly. I feel like this list is just the same list that every awards show has just mm. recycled. It's so uninspiring and unexciting that... I'm just going for my personal well, favourite, which is Bond. That these these kind of things, because they keep on being you know, shouted about each time, does inspire and think: Do we need a different system? Do we need to look, relook at how things get nominated? It's also because like each category is nominated by their own their own group of people. So like actors are nominating mm. for actors and all, right? So maybe it's just something that they have like say for Aquafina is not maybe the rest of Hollywood have not seen her movie. It's like people eh, some minority has seen it, and and maybe people have not seen it because they had Aquafina doing a serious show forget it you know it's, it's, it's just it's, you know, it's so yeah. true I think people have like these impressions and and I mean if you're going to have names like Tarantino and Scorsese even if they make something that's absolute <laughs> beep people will still nominate it because it's because they're canon you know they're, they're Hollywood royalty it's like it's like Meryl Streep in any movie she'll get a nominee you know that <laughs> no, it's true it is true it's true okay. it's like same goes for Saoirse Ronan it's like, but Sasha's so you know, perfect. Yeah, but <laughs> no, but she's heading into that yeah, territory. Yeah. Well, she's in it. May as well nominate her, right? How old even is she? Twenty-four, I think. No, depressing. Okay. <laughs> her age is depressing. <laughs> that's. Uh, she has a long way to go. Yes, yeah, she does. Well, that's the Oscars. We'll find out what happens when they come out on February 9th or is it tenth for us? It'll be tenth for it us. Should I be tenth for us. Yeah. Anyway, there's another film out this week. Starring Hollywood royalty, <laughs> starring lots of Hollywood royalty. In fact, it's um, no, you're gonna. I'm gonna make you talk about it. <laughs> Doctor Doolittle, which I think is about the third version of this classic tale. Uh, the first one was the musical with Rex Harrison back in the 60s. Uh, the second version would be the Eddie Murphy comedy, <laughs> and now we have uh, going back to the traditional style again. We have Robert Downey Jr. in his first non-Marvel role after the Iron Man thing it's a CGI extravaganza uh, and it has a wealth of other people so you have Michael Sheen Emma Thompson Tom Holland Tom Holland or so many other voices only yeah Rami Malek you have Marion Cotillard too and uh, Selena Gomez John Cena (laughs) going on (laughs) basically anyone who's passing a voice over studio Uh, okay so if you can't guess already, let's find out. <laughs> Joanne, what did you think of Doctor Doolittle? Save your money, don't bother. <laughs> unless you, unless you have kids and you want to bring them, and you know, just 
you want to have a two-hour break or something, just throw them in the okay, movie. Okay, so what's wrong with it? What is wrong with this? Okay, you know, it's the whole thing about, you know, okay, the, the premise is about uh, RDJ playing Doolittle, who can speak to animals, and he's supposed to be this well-loved, well-respected you know, respected vet. But somehow, he's asked to save the queen, so he became a human doctor. Right. <laughs> because she is dying, uh-huh. and if she doesn't, if he doesn't save her, he's whole entire estate, his century, his so-called like house and estate, the pal- well, it looks pal- a bit like a Buckingham Palace, but and which means he's going to go lose all of them, which means all his animal friends have no home, plus himself has no home. So with all this at stake, he has to find this. Somehow he knows what is wrong with the queen because right. the dog sniffed her. <laughs> his dog, who's voiced by Tom Holland. Uh-huh. So the dog, tells him what's wrong with okay. her so and he knew where to go conveniently knew where to find the antidote so he off he goes on this um, adventure RDJ acting with CGI animals right yes so is uh, is the CGI wow I mean, is yeah it? actually the animals are pretty good but what's annoying is that uh, the dubbing it doesn't work at most situations so okay. there are voices that mouths open and even for RDJ himself it's like you know his, the words or the dialogue doesn't match his mouth or the way he speaks Oh, so it's really that bad and sounds so what, bad and what's worse is you know it's like RDJ should be super with green screen right yeah. having all this Avengers experience <laughs> but when he's talking to animal his eyes are not focusing on the person or the thing his eyes is like kind of slimy off it's like I'm talking to you but I'm just you know not looking at you yeah, so it it sounds messy. It is very messy. It felt it felt very messy, and you know the jokes are so juvenile, and it's a lot of fart jokes. And after a while, it's just oh. like oh, get on over it. It's just it doesn't know where it wants to go, and then suddenly you get Emma Thompson, who's who voices Polly the parrot. Uh-huh. So you she'll just chime in and tell you, oh, this is what's going to happen. So the narrator, she's like the the narrator, and so it's like oh, when she comes in, I was like, oh, okay, so the story's going there. It's just like okay, she comes so in. So, what's RDJ like? Is he is he is he charming? RDJ he's okay. Does he's, he he's look lost in this? Does no, he... I think I think he's doing his job to play the role. But I think everything is just oh. But what's annoying is his, his accent is just I I I have no idea what he's trying to be. be. I've heard Welsh apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. Welsh. I was told not that I know, but but going off the trailer. Not I, Welsh. I did not see Welsh. Yeah, so it's, it's it starts off at a certain accent and halfway through, it's, a, it's like, you know, the film has been cut, cut, cut. So it right. might be because of the rumoured number of reshoots, so maybe he forgot <laughs> what accent it was before. Robert, so, you're Welsh! <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, it's just all over the place. Everything is all over the place. Okay, the way you describe so, this, oh no. it sounds... That, but are you sure it'd be good for families? No, I, I think say, kids will love it. So because oh, the could. animals are very cute. Right. Also, the kids love fart jokes. <laughs> <laughs> They're not the yeah, only ones. Like, ten and below. Kids. <laughs> yeah, ten and below. No, because love the, the animals were pretty well done. So that that's a good part of it. I mean, like the gorilla and uh, the polar bear, who just reminds me so much of polar. Um, what's that? Golden oh, compass. golden compass. Oh wow! Yes. Yeah, so it is quite similar. So the animals are pretty um, realistic. So the animation is good. So I think and. Let's not forget that RDJ has a lot of kids f- who love him. So, you appeal to him. You appeal to them. Sorry. Otherwise, I take it you're not going to try to see it again? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad because Doolittle is such a classic story. But what when I came out from the cinema, 
and I felt so bad saying this, but I actually thought I enjoyed the Eddie Murphy one better, which I hated it then. But if I do to compare, I could even remember what the Eddie, Eddie Murphy's version of Doolittle now. No, you but prefer the one that you hate, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, that was a shocking thought. I came out, I was wow. like, oh no, Eddie Murphy's one was better. How can it be? <laughs> well, okay, so I'm guessing Doolittle do not ever not even little just none <laughs> do none and little women lots yes. yes go over to little women it's it is the most wonderful thing i've seen mm. anyway that's where we'll leave it thank you joanne you're welcome thank you Suanne. thank you and thank you to you at home for listening in the style of Robert Downey Jr. doing his slightly Welsh accent is is that what it sounds like no, not that bad. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> yes, if you're listening on Google, Apple or Spotify, do step on the gas. Like, rate, review us on there and all the rest of it. And until another double feature next time, goodbye. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times and The Business Times online.